Amen. Give honor to Bishop Wright and Mother Wright. Amen. Amen. There, Bishop and Pastor Wright. Give honor to Pastor Wright, who's in England. Amen. Amen. And so because he's in England, you get me. I don't know about all that. Amen. Told my good friend, I said, I think I need you to sit up here with me. Kind of lonely up here by yourself. Amen. I, I'd like to preach tonight, uh, teach, preach, whatever comes across. Just something that I feel like the Lord's laid on my heart. And really, I think there's some folks that if we'll listen... Amen. Uh, God's got something for many folks in this place. Amen. I'll, I'll let you know now, if you don't know me and you've not been around me as far as me being in the pulpit, I'm, I just only know how to be Jim, okay? I can do me. I can't do nobody else. So, so I, I ain't going to do the bishop. I ain't even going to do the pastor. I'm just going to do Jim. That's all I know, okay? And uh, if you're looking for really deep waters, Brother Joel's downstairs. But I don't think you've got to go always go deep to get something from God. Amen. I, I think I have a simple word, easy for anyone to comprehend, but... I don't want us to lose in the simplicity of what I want to talk about tonight. I think what God wants to say to us. I just want to read one verse and then you can be seated. Very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, You've heard it many times, probably read it many times. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 9. Genesis 3 and 9. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where? Art thou? And God said, Adam, where are you? Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for your presence, your mercy, and your grace that's already filled this place. Lord, I would ask that your anointing would continue to linger. It would touch our hearts and our minds and it would give us an ear to hear and a heart to receive. I pray, God, that your anointing would touch my mind and my heart, that I might speak your thoughts and your voice to your people. Lord, that your will would be accomplished, and I thank you for it, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. From this passage of Scripture, I want to preach on this thought, questions of God. Questions of God. Is God all-knowing? That's what we find in the scriptures, right? Does God truly know the end of the matter before the beginning of it? That's what we find or the word of God declares. Isaiah chapter 46 verses 9 and 10 tell us, Isaiah 46 and 9. Remember 
the former things of old. I am God. And there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God said, I'm God. I don't know of any other God. I know the end from the beginning. God said that. We can find in other places in the scripture, we can find other things that lead us to believe that God knows the end of a matter before it starts. God knows the conclusion before the first motion begins. So if those statements are true, if God really is all-knowing, if God truly knows the end from the beginning, if that's true, I read the Word of God and sometimes I have to ask myself, why? If God knows, why did He say to Adam, Adam, where are you? Why did He ask the question? He knows the end from the beginning. He knows all things. There's, there's, there's nothing that, that we can do that he doesn't know. And so tonight I want to look at the questions that God asks. I'm going to look at some questions that we find in the Word of God that God asked a question. And... My simple mind says, why did he ask the question? If he already knows the answer. And I think if we can just take a few moments, I think, in understanding the questions and why he asked them, I think we will learn something about ourselves and about God. The first question, as I just read, is the question that he asks Adam when he says to Adam, where are you? We cannot hide anything about ourselves from God. We, we don't have the ability to hide. The Bible tells us that, 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 uh, the, the prophet went down to, to anoint a king. And the Bible says that God told the, the prophet, don't, don't look at the, the outward man. Cause I'm not gonna pick the king by what you see. You see, I'm going to look at the heart of the man. I'm going to look at the inside of the man, and and I'm going to pick him based on what I know. I'm not going to pick him on what you can see. I'm I'm not going to pick him on what others may know, but I'm going to pick him on what I know. The Bible says that God knew the heart of David, and so therefore he chose David. The Bible tells us that we don't even know our own heart. So we try to hide from God. We can't hide from God. Adam, where are you? He asked the question not because we are so good at hiding from God. I believe God asked the question because we are so good at hiding from ourselves. 
We're not hiding from God. Adam wasn't hiding from God. He might have thought he was hiding from God, but, but he was hiding from Adam. We play hide and seek with ourselves, not with God. And just like Adam, we hide behind leaves of work. We hide behind leaves of family. Adam took those fig leaves and we take our fig leaves of, of, of fear and frustration and we weave up a little hiding place for ourselves. We're hiding ourselves. Hiding from ourselves, not from God. So why does God ask Adam, where are you? I believe it's because he had to bring Adam to a place where Adam could answer the question. I believe tonight that in this room there are people, if they would listen, they would hear God ask the question, where are you? Where are you? You see, God's going to bring circumstances into your life, into my life, that we have to answer the question. You see, we're going to find ourselves in a hiding place. We're going to find ourselves hidden behind all of the things of life. And God is going to bring us to a place where we have to take an understanding of where we are and answer the question, where are you? The second question, I think, comes right behind the first question. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. This is really an interesting story if you go back and you read the whole thing. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. And he, that's God, came thither unto a cave and looked there, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. And he said unto him, What doest thou Here, Elisha. So the first question is, where are you? See, God can't answer, ask the second question until you've answered the first question. So after God has gotten you to the place where you can say, I am here, the next question is, why are you here? What are you doing here? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What am I doing here? Usually, it's after you figured out where you are. Or maybe you don't have no clue where you are. You just know you're not where you want to be. And you ask yourself, how did I get here and why am I here? I wonder if you're not really asking yourself, but the Spirit of God is speaking to you and to me and saying, why are you here? He said to the prophet, why are you here? What are you doing here? What's the purpose of of you being here? (coughs) Sometimes it's easier just to be here, wherever here is, than to answer the question of why am I here? 
Sometimes we evade the question. Holy Ghost begins to move on us. The Spirit of God begins to talk to us and we find something else to do. We find some other hiding place. We find some other thing because we don't want to answer the question. Because it's easier just to be here than to answer the question of why I'm here. Sometimes the question is asked because we're not where we need to be. Sometimes God will say, why are you here? That's what he's asking the prophet here. He's asking the prophet, why are you here? If you, if you continue to read the story a little while down and he goes through the whole discord, God says, why are you here? And then finally he says, get up and go there. You're not where I need you to be. Now that you know you're not where I need you to be and you understand, okay, we, we got it worked out while you're here. And honestly, the funny thing about it, the reason Adam was where he was and the reason the prophet was where he was was because they both were afraid. Fear made them hide. So sometimes God asks you, where are you? Because you're not where or I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But sometimes he asks the question, Because we are indeed right where we're supposed to be. But we have no clue why we're there. We're right where God wants us to be. We're right where God has placed us. We're doing exactly what God wants us to do, almost. But we have no understanding of the place we're at or why we're there. Esther, why are you here? That's really the question that Mordecai asked. Esther goes through this whole ordeal and Mordecai says, hey, they're making a new queen. You ought to try out. (laughs) Cool. What I got to do? Well, you got to go through this process. You got to go take a, a bath for like six months. Man, that's some dirty people. I'm just saying. You got to watch for six months to have an interview. What is up with that? So she goes through the whole process. She goes in. The king says, whoa. I think I like that one. You're the queen. Cool. So she's the queen and she's doing whatever queens did. Have no idea. But she was being a queen. And while she was being a queen, chaos was breaking out. She had no clue. See, she didn't know the end from the beginning. But there was someone who knew. And someone that knew the heart of this other guy. And said, I got something for you. Vashni, you got to go because I need Esther. He worked out all of the, the, the things and Esther's there and, 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 uh, what's that guy's name? Haman. Haman starts acting up. And Mordecai and Haman are mortal enemies. And Haman is gonna kill all the Jews. You know the story, right? 
So Mordecai says, hey, Esther, you are the queen and you need to go see the king. Oh, no, 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 no. Mm-mm, ain't going to happen. Uh-uh. Uncle, you don't understand. I know I'm the queen. But the queen doesn't even have the right to walk in to see the king unless the king says, yo, queen. Fetch yourself over here. And he ain't your queen to me in a while. So I ain't fetching. And Esther got this reply from Mordecai. What are you doing here? Could it be that you're here because God needed you to be here? Could it be that you're here because God's got a purpose for here? Oh, I know. I know it don't sound real good going up inside and seeing the king without being called. You could lose your head. But could it be that you're here? Not just because he needed a queen. Not just because you did good on your job interview. But you're here because God had a purpose for such a time as this. And sometimes God says to you and God says to me, why are you here? Not because you're not where you're supposed to be. Not because I'm not where I need to be. But because, because I need to come to an understanding. You see, because sometimes where you need to be, you're going to have to decide, am I going to take the chance of going in where I might not come back from? It's much safer to stay here than to go there. But if I know the reason I'm here is so I can be there, why are you here? I told you it wasn't real deep. Where are you? And why are you here? Maybe here is the place that God will use to take you to the next place. If you go back and you read the prophet, that, the story about the prophet, you read the rest of it, he talks to him. He says, I'm here because he comes up with this nice story. And finally God says, all right, I heard all that. Get up and go there. And tells him to go down and, and to do what he needs to do. And when we're on this journey with God, God knows the end from the beginning. Joseph, why are you in Potiphar's house? Well, if Joseph could have told the story, if Joseph knew the end of the beginning, there was only reason, there was only one reason Joseph was in Potiphar's house. He needed to go to jail. The brother needed to go to jail. Okay, I'm going to send you, how can I get you? Okay, go to Potiphar's house. Because he got this crazy wife. She will get the thing done. And why did he have to go to jail? He 
He had to go to jail because the butler and the baker were coming to jail and he needed to interpret the dream. So the only reason he went to Potiphar's house is because he needed to meet the butler and the baker. And the only way to meet the butler and the baker is he had to go to jail. And why did he need to meet the butler and the baker? Because he needed to interpret the king's dream. But the only way he could interpret the king's dream is he had to go to jail. And interpret the dream. So whichever one of them lived, because I always forget which one, help a brother out. I hear them both. The butler. It was the butler. The butler did it. With the candlestick. Yep, that's who did it. So the butler had to go see the king and say, yo, bro, I remember this dude. I see you're vexed with this dream you've been having. I heard you telling your magicians, and they ain't all that bright. But I met this guy when I was in the lockup. In the big house. And I had this crazy dream. And he told me what the dream was about. He said that you was going to love me again and I was going to get to come back. But the dude that was with me, not so good for that brother. So he, he's got skills, man. He can interpret some stuff. You ought, to, you ought to go talk to him. I said all that craziness to say, sometimes you're here in prison because you got a nation to save and you can't save the nation and you can't save your, your brothers and your family until you go to jail. Now, who wants to go to jail? <laughs> Pick me! Pick me! I ain't raising my hand for that. Are you crazy? If God would have told Joe in the beginning, Joe, you're going to jail. Oh, no. Mm, I think he was talking to Reuben. <laughs> Reuben is more the jail kind of guy. I'm a little fair-skinned. I don't believe I'm going to do real good there. <laughs> I mean, oh, come on. I wear a coat of many colors. No. didn't come out the way I meant it. <laughs> but it was good nonetheless. <laughs> I told you I can only do gym. Sorry. <laughs> Esther, why are you here? Joseph, why are you here? Maybe, though, like the prophet you are, God does sometimes ask the question because we're not where we're supposed to be. Sometimes life messes us up. Decisions we make mess us up. We get in a place that we don't know how we got there. And we know it's not where we're supposed to be. And 
We're having a pity party like the prophet. I know y'all don't do that. It's just me that does that. So I'll just preach about me a little bit. So God finds me in that place and I'm all pouting and doubting and whatever. I know y'all see me jump all over the place. Y'all think I always got it right. I jump all over the place because I ain't always got it right. And I need to worship myself back to right. (laughs) I need God to be made known because wherever I am, I'm not sure where it's at. And he'll ask us, where are you? And he'll ask us, what are you doing here? To get us to go there. And one more question I want to talk about that God asked, and I'm going to try to wrap all of this together. John chapter 21, verse 15. John 21 and 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Do you love me more than these? That's the question. He didn't just ask him, Do you love me? He said, do you love me more than these? You see, we got all kinds of these in our life. All kinds of these. You got your these. I got my these. Brother Spritz got his these. Brother Milton's got a couple of these. <laughs> these in your life. Peter Do you love me more than these? I thought about that that conversation this a little bit the last couple days as I was thinking about this subject. Do you love me more than these dreams? Do you love me more than these plans? Do you love me more than these promises? Do you love me more than these ministries? Do you love me more than these, I know you don't want me to say this one, but do you love me more than these possessions? Peter, do you love me more than these fish? What's that really mean? Do you love me more than... Your livelihood? Do you love me more than your comfort zone? If Peter couldn't feel comfortable, no, let's just be real. Peter's life was wrecked. He gets offended with Jesus and denies him, gets that rooster crow. And the look. Just in case you forgot, Peter. 
Now, you don't say all you want to say about my brother Pete, but he probably needs to go see a doc. And I ain't talking about the medical kind. Because he had issues. And he said, I'm going fishing. I know, I, I thought I knew how to do that. I thought I knew how to disciple. I thought I knew how to follow. I thought I knew how to even chop off heads. Only got an ear, but I, I tried. I thought I had it figured out, but apparently I didn't. So I'm going to go do what I know how to do. And we all got that thing we know how to do. That comfort place. Do you love me more than your comfort zone? Do you, do you, Lord, I don't know if I can go there because I know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. But do you love me more than these? Now we read that story in about four verses. So we read in about three minutes. If you're a slow reader like me. I got to go back a couple of times in case I skip a word. You speed readers, you can do it in about a, you know, three quarters of a minute. No, not Jim. Jim got to go slow. But think about it. It was a conversation. My brain works this way. I got this little DVD player in my head. I'm, I'm just telling you how it works for Jim. I read the word of God and I got this video going, and I see it. If I don't see it, I can't figure it out. And so I see Peter and Jesus sitting down by the fire. Someone's cooking up some fish. Jesus kind of leaned back. Sucking on a fish bone. Maybe picking his teeth with one. Come on, you know Jesus picked his teeth. He got, he got kernels stuck up in there just like you did. Don't, don't make him, you know. It's all right. It's all right. And so I see him sitting there and I, I see him just kind of casual. And I see Jesus kind of say, hey, Peter, do you love me more than these? And then he's kind of talking to John. And I see Peter like this. Well, well, Lord, of course I love you. And Jesus don't say nothing real quick. He just kind of gives him a head nod. I'm telling you, that's how I see it. You might see it different. I'm telling you the way I see it. And you know, you know when someone says something to you and they kind of give you that, 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 that momentary pause. Gives you just enough time for your brain to start working. What? Why do you ask that? What's he trying to say? Of course I love him. He, he knows I love him. I tried to take that dude's head off. What do you mean do I love him? Jesus is just eating fish. Maybe bread. Maybe saying something to John. Right about the time Peter thinks it's done. Hey, Peter, do you love me more than these? I just answered that question. Yeah, I love you. Another nod. Some more pause. And Peter's brain. 
I know God don't do you like that. God does Jim like that. He'll ask him one of them questions and make me think about it for a day or two. Hey, did you hear me reply? I said, yeah, I got it. I said, I love you. Are, are, are we on the same wavelength here? It was a conversation. It didn't just happen in three verses. And then finally he asks him one more time, Peter, do you love me? And finally, Peter says, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love you. Now, of course, at the end of each one of them, he said, go feed my sheep or my lambs, depending on which time he asked the question. But there was a conversation and, and the whole ordeal of the conversation was not because God robed in flesh didn't know the answer to the question. You're right, Peter. I do know all things. You're right, Peter. I do know you love me. But that's not really important, Peter. What's important, Peter, is do you know that you love me more than these? Have you come to the place where you have finally decided in your own mind that you love me more than these? Peter, you've got to know the answer to the question. It's not enough that I know it. You've got to be able to answer yourself. You know, the Bible says that we, we need to be able to be ready to give all men an answer, right? I think that means we need to be able to give God and ourselves an answer too. Do you love me more than these? And then basically when Peter finally understood the answer to the question, God said, when he said, Lord, you know all things, you know I love you. I kind of see, the way I see it, I kind of see a smile come across the Lord's face and I see that affirmative nod. And he says, if I can paraphrase, he says to Peter, Go do or go be who I've called you to be, not who you were. Don't be who you were. Be who I called you to be. Go feed my lambs. The questions that God asks, Brother Jalen, if you'll come to the keyboard, please. The questions that God asks, where are you? Why are you here? And do you love me more than these? He asks them not because he doesn't know the answer. He asks them because I need to know the answer. He asks them because you need to know the answer to the questions. You see, because if I know where I am and I know why I'm there and I know that I love him above all else, then I am complete in him. 
It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what is happening in life. It doesn't matter if I'm up or I'm down. If I know where I am and I know why I'm there and I know that I love him more than anything else, I can have confidence in his hand in my life. I can take stock and know that my steps are ordered of God. I can know that He has a plan for me. His thoughts for me are good. And in His thoughts, He's got a purpose. But sometimes life will happen. And yes, if I can be so plain, sometimes sin will happen. Sometimes like Peter, we'll find ourselves offended and it'll rock our world. And we'll need something to bring confidence back to our relationship with God. And answering these questions, where am I? Why am I here? And do I love God more than anything else? Then I can say, the rest doesn't really matter. And I can be who He's called me to be. Will you stand? I know it's Wednesday. I'm Thursday. Yeah. I'm losing days. I know it's Thursday and Oftentimes, Bible study, and we don't necessarily have an altar call, but I'm, I believe God's talking to some folks tonight. I believe there's some folks in this room tonight that you've been struggling where, with where you are. You've been struggling with why you're there. And you've been questioning. Is He all important to me? If you'll listen, you'll hear that, like the prophet, that still small voice that'll say, why are you here? There's no rebuke in its tone. There's no malice in its volume. If you'll listen, you'll only hear compassion, care, and mercy. You see, because He knows that you love Him. He knows where you are and He knows why you're there. And He knows where you need to be next and how to get you there. And he wants you to have confidence in that fact. So I'm just going to open this altar. If you'd like to come and pray. Maybe you're a guest here today and you don't know the answer to the question. You don't know the answer to the question of where you are. God would like to help you know. Brother Jalen begins to sing a chorus again. Where are you? Have you heard the question of God? Can you answer the question?
Sometimes we're afraid to look inside. And that's what it takes to answer the question. My God, Lord. Lord, help me to know. Help me to understand where I am, God. Lord, what would you have me to be? Where would you have me to go, God? Oh, here I am, God. Here I am. Help me to know that purpose, that plan. God, you know I love you. You know I love you, God. You know I love you. You know I love you, God. Oh, if you could hear his voice, he's calling to us tonight. He's calling to us. Where are you? Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? What are you doing there? Oh, here I am, God. Here I am. He's all I need. Oh, all I ever need. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Can you let the Spirit of God talk to you for a moment? It's not late. It's not late. God doesn't talk to us just to talk, but He's trying to help us tonight. Lord Jesus, speak to us. Let us hear. Let us receive your word, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Adalamando, 
Aleluya, aleluya, aleluya. Ahora la mando vosotros, boco. Y ahora la mando vosotros, Aleluya, aleluya, aleluya. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Lord, I, I ask you, God, just to take this word. I ask you, Lord, to allow it to find a lodging place in every heart that hears it tonight or may hear it at another time ask God that you can bring it back to our hearts and our minds when we find ourselves hearing the question Lord not allowing the enemy to bring fear and doubt and, and regret with the question that we would receive direction from you. Lord, I ask you to go with us. Allow this word to go with us. Changing us. Bringing forth fruit in its right time, God. Ask for your hand and your blessing upon every family, every person in this place. And we're going to give you praise and glory. And the church said amen. Amen. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Greet one another in Jesus' name.